And welcome to today's show. This is Rico and this is Real Talk Sports. I just want to go ahead and thank all our listeners out there. As today's topic, uh, we're just basically going ahead and uh, picking up where we left off here with the Western Conference and uh, just kind of the standings and everything that's uh, kind of going on over there. And then um, again, you know, I know the talk basically here, um, basically within the sports realm actually has been, you know, the story of Kobe Bryant. So, you know, we'll definitely talk about that um, and fitting that the Los Angeles Lakers here are actually on top of the Western Conference here. And I know that they're slated to start up here um, Friday um, in their game. I know that they proposed or postponed a game against the Clippers here um, in order to go ahead and clear the way for this Friday night game against the uh, Trailblazers here. So, um, you know, looking at the Lakers, it doesn't surprise me that they're at the top of the 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 West here. Um, you know, to me, I know that they probably have uh, one. They've avoided the injury scenario with Anthony Davis here, and also two. Another thing is the Lakers haven't had um, as much rest, or they haven't gone down a rest period um, with both Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You know, with those critical pieces, so. You know, because of that, I think that you're seeing a team that's probably firing on all cylinders. You know, right now, Frank Vocal continues to just be um, just just manning the ship, really. I mean, it, this is a roster here where it doesn't necessarily need to be um, coached. It's more of a, a situation where it needs to be managed. You know, you look at Rajon Rondo, champion. You look at JaVale McGee, he's a champion. LeBron, a champion. Uh, Dwight Howard's gone deep in the playoffs. Danny Green, a champion. Um, Anthony Davis, an elite player. DeMarcus Cousin, been deep in the playoffs. Quinn Cook, a champion. Um, You know, these are people who have been deep. Uh, Avery Bradley, Boston Celtics, deep. So these are people who have either been deep, played on uh, championship teams and things like that. So they kind of know what they need to do. It's just a matter of just kind of managing them. So again, the, the the question for the the Lakers is going to be, will they lose Anthony Davis at the most critical part of the season? And also too, you know, does it become a factor for them later that they are an older team? Because if they're an older team, they don't have their legs going into the playoffs. That's going to be an issue. So right now, looks good for the Lakers. You know, it doesn't surprise me that they're number one, but it also, too, doesn't mean anything as well. So um, that's another thing as well. And so let me go on here to the next team um, that is actually second here in the Western Conference, and that's going to be uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, it doesn't surprise me that the Clippers are right now number two. You know, I feel that the Clippers, when I look at this roster, the way it was constructed with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and a championship coach in Doc Rivers, you have a six man in Lou Williams. You have a guy, Montrez Harrell, who can come off the bench and give you numbers as well. And you have young pieces that I like, um, such as, you know, Zubox, uh, the center here that they got from the Lakers. You know, I love his game and I love the fact that, um, you know, from a point guard standpoint, they have Patrick Beverly, Maurice Harkless, who's come over from Portland. You have Rodney McGarter, who's come over from Miami. He's terrific. Um, you know, these are players that essentially I feel like are going to 
They're young. They're going to make a difference here in the playoff run. And because of that youth, this is why I give the Clippers a slight edge. Um, and then also, too, with Kawhi Leonard, I just think that that effect and his effect on any team just makes it uh, just that much more special because Kawhi, he lives to win basketball games. He doesn't live for the media, the hype, um, and all the extra hoopla. This guy is a basketball player, first and second man and third. And, and you know, nothing to take away from his family life or anything like that. But I've never seen such a competitor that's so driven that uh, doesn't say much at all. But just, man, he just really propels and and takes clubs to another level, just his presence. So I like that about him. And I like the fact that Kawhi is healthy. And I like those pieces around him. I love the fact that Doc is able to take this roster. And he knows how to manage. And I believe he also knows how to coach during tough times. You know, I think that Doc has had to, to pull together some tough Boston Celtics teams when it didn't look good for them and he's taken a Boston Celtics team that they didn't have Kevin Garnett for a time they didn't have Paul Pierce for a time and they were able to put it together for a nice playoff run to get to the finals and eventually lose but this this is the kind of coaching that Doc Rivers brings and I believe because of that you know these are just the little pieces that the Clippers will have I think in the long run now Again, this is still early on. We haven't made it to playoff basketball, but it doesn't surprise me that both the L.A. teams are top here in the charts. Um, and so then moving forward here, just looking at the next team, and that's going to be the Denver Nuggets. It doesn't surprise me with the Nuggets here. I continue to say that. But with the Nuggets and where they are, they're probably the most youthful team in the West. Um, you know, I think when you look at uh, you look at what they have at center, I think this is special, you know, when you look at uh, the Joker and the way he can play, he can pass, he can shoot, um, he can dribble, he can pretty much do it all. And I haven't really seen a player like that since Arvidas Sabonis. And Arvidas Sabonis, when he played for the Portland Trailblazers, a much older player, this is what I imagine what Arvidas Sabonis was before he came over from Europe. So. When you have a centerpiece like that in Nikola um, Jokic, and then you have another guy at the point guard here from Kentucky that's played tremendous as well as Jamal Murray. When you take those two pieces and you look at what they have with Paul Millsap, who's played for the Atlanta Hawks, made a deep run or had some deep runs here with Coach Busenhauer over there. Uh, Monte Morris loved his game out of Iowa State, the energy he brings off the bench. Um, and then Michael Porter Jr., quietly, nobody's really talking about Michael Porter Jr. Here's a gentleman that had to sit out through to the back surgery. Uh, coming out of Missouri was a, a high draft pick. He's really looked good to me. And I know, you know, the hype is around Zion Williams and stuff like that. We'll get to that. But I like that piece that they have. Jeremy Grant, terrific trade in the offseason to get him over from OKC. This is a team that is poised. If Coach Malone can can get this team over that veterans hump, that's what kind of stopped them last year. They got beat because they just were inexperienced. They got beat by a veteran team. This may be the year for them where they can actually go a little bit deeper 
They are a year older, and I believe that uh, they know now what it takes to play in a seven-game series. Um, you know, they did get outmatched there by the, I believe it was the Spurs there that they played or uh, one of the other. So, I mean, you, you look at that situation, you look at how their season ended last year. Um, I'd have to go back. I, I believe they lost to the Spurs. But, you know, this is a situation where I think that this team is, is definitely – probably one of the more dangerous teams in the in the playoffs because of their youth and because the fact that they they really don't have a ton of fear you know because they haven't really done anything um it's one thing once you're there and, and then you don't want to kind of come off but it's another thing when you really haven't been there and you kind of want to go up that hill and so I like Denver. They're a really, really dangerous and young club that can really, really make some noise. And we'll talk about another club that I think is 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 in that same. They're in that same category, but they're not quite there because they don't have the same amount of firepower as the as the Nuggets. But we'll talk about that moving forward. So next up, we have the Utah Jazz, and with the Jazz, um, you know, this club has been pretty consistent with Coach Snyder. Um, you know, I look at Devin Mitchell. I, I look at what they have with Rudy Gobert. I look at all the things that they they are able to do and understand that, you know, when you have Bogan and you have, you know, you have Joe Ingles, you have Rudy Gobert, you have Donovan Mitchell. Um, and and I, I did mention uh, Bogan, uh, you know, who's coming over from Indiana. It's more of a club that they're not as youthful, but they are experienced. Um, and I think the Jazz have played kind of uh, really, they, they play the same and they've always played the same. It's a systematic basketball team, you know, and I know they have Mike Conley Jr. over there as well. Yes, he's a little bit older. So experience, I, I like it. I do. I, I just don't know from just a pure with what they're going to face every night right now. I just I don't know if they have enough buckets over there. You know, and I know that they just picked up uh, uh, Clarkson here, you know, as well to try to address the scoring need because they don't have anybody that they can just kind of let's put them in there and let's get some buckets. So, you know, I know that they brung Jordan Clarkson over for that particular reason. And so I'm, I'm not sure. I just think that when you look at the Jazz, I, I like their positioning. I think they are deserving to be in the playoffs, but it, it's going to take some phenomenal basketball for them to to really make some noise here in the West in such a high, um, fast-paced, powerful offenses and star power that's out there. I just think that the Jazz might be a team that, uh, you know, they might be an early-round exit. Now, I, I know that they could surprise some people and stuff like that, but, you know, unless something dramatic happens, unless some people go down – Unless some teams just kind of come into the playoffs on a, a on a on a bad note, you know, I think that's the really the only reason or only way the Jazz can really make some noise. Now I look at uh, five and six. Now we talked about the Nuggets. I put the Dallas Mavericks in the same realm as the Denver Nuggets because of their youth. Uh, obviously, to me, I think they have one of the best up and coming basketball players um, in in the league really you know and what they have <clears throat> with obviously it starts with you know 77 here um i can't even recall his name right now but when you look at him um geez 
trying to think of who it is. Yeah, Luka Doncic. I'm sorry, guys. I had a little blank there. So when you look at Luka Doncic, apologize here, a guy who's um, he's been spectacular, okay, with the triple doubles that he's able he's able to produce. You know, the scoring, the rebounds, um, the assist. And the way he's able to do it at a high clip. And I mean, you look at him going toe for toe with a guy like LeBron James, and this is only his, what, second year in the league. It's efforts like that that kind of remind you of what like a young Derrick Rose was. Um, I look at like a young Michael Jordan. I look at uh, a, a young LeBron James. I look at a young Carmelo Anthony. Uh, a Dwayne Wade team. And when I say that, and no disrespect to any of those guys, but I'm looking at a, a, a team that its its focal point starts with Luka Doncic and it goes from there. Um, you know, nothing against, you know, Willie Con- Conley Steins, you know, I think is a great pickup, but, and uh, JJ Barrera has been doing it for years. Um, you know, and I know that they have some other guys here like Seth Curry. You know, he's proven that he can come off the bench here. Tim Hardaway Jr. for New York has always filled it up. Um, so I, I like what they have right there. I love those young pieces and things like that. But I just think, you know, as a team, it's going to be tough for them. And, and not to discredit to uh, Porzingis as well. So not to take anything away from Christos Porzingis, who we know he can ball. We know he can play. Um, obviously, coming off the knees and stuff like that, he's looked very good, versatile guy. But we all know it starts with Luka Doncic. So they have certainly one of the best one-two punches from a young talent situation. The problem, again, that I have with this team is just they really haven't been there before. Um, and, you know, I understand, too, with uh, Coach Rick Carlisle, he's a champion. He's been there. He's coached uh, Detroit. He's coached here. Um, you know, so he, he's been in the thick of things, but this roster as a whole, the only one that has been there is JJ Barrera. And so with that, I just don't see that they have a lot of experience, but make no mistake about it. I believe this is a team that can easily, easily, easily go out and upset some people. So I'm really, really intrigued to see what they're going to do. And I know, again, this is just early. We haven't even hit the all-star break, but I love what they what they have thus far. I love the fact that, you know, this is this is it's exciting for Dallas. I mean, Dallas has had some down years and it might have been the best thing that they did was trade him and Trey Young and take and no disrespect to Trey Young, who's an absolute outstanding stud himself. But it looks like they definitely have found the centerpiece to take over for a guy like Dirk Nowinski, who has been the face of the franchise. So another terrific find for Mark Cuban. I like Dallas long-term. I think it is going to be um, definitely, they can, they can knock off, they can be an upset, but I, I'm not sure if they're going to go anywhere past that. So kudos to the Mavericks right now for sticking five. Um, it doesn't shock me that they're in the playoff run. Really. It doesn't shock me. Um, but when we look at some other teams, it, it will kind of shock me a little bit here. So going down to uh, Houston. Now, Houston, the Rockets, I knew that they would be in it. Um, I know when you have a guy like James Harden, you know, Clint Capella, you have Dan Tony, you add a guy like Russell Westbrook, you have to certainly make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs, then I feel like 
Mike D'Antoni's gone. I mean, that's just, I think that that's what they have to do. It, it just has to happen that way. Um, the surprising fact to me is that they're only six in the West. And I know they're tied with Dallas and they're kind of essentially a tie with OKC. Now, when you look at that and you think about that from a Houston fan and, and, and you know, from that fan base, you got to think to yourself, you traded Chris Paul's contract and you traded him away to OKC. OKC basically gutted their roster. They gave up Paul George. Um, they, they gave away Russ, uh, Russell. They gave away um, Grant. They pretty much just, they retooled the roster here. And you're telling me that after all that, you're telling me OKC, who's my surprise right now, is actually sitting seven. They're in the playoffs and you're a team here that you've got a dynamic guy like Russell Westbrook and you're only a game up on your on your former team. I think that's very disappointing for the Rockets right now. Now, I know that they can certainly catch fire and teams can certainly fall out of this thing. But to me, I think that they look stagnant. You know, I think that a lot of people have figured out how to play the Rockets. I think they understand how to control the tempo, control the game. And I think you can get into Harden by trapping him early and making him toss the ball out. When you do that, even if you have a guy like Westbrook, who seems to sometimes settle for that three-point shot, he can make shots. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. He can absolutely make shots. But there's times where he takes too many and there's times where he also tries to force the action a little bit too much too and there's nothing wrong with that because that's what he is he's an aggressor but at times it gets them into trouble and they don't defend very well as it is so you know it is a team that to me i, I think that they're on a slippery slidey scope man i, I think that you know, this could be the year that they probably major, major rehaul this thing. Because if if the Rockets do not go far, and I'm talking about far, it's, they at least have to get to the Western Conference Finals. If they don't get to the Western Conference Finals, I think that they're going to have to take a look at the roster as it's constructed. They're going to have to take a look at the coaching standpoint. And, you know, I, I think Daryl Moore is probably going to have to just make, again, some major rehaul. He might even have to take a look at, at what goes on with Harden. You know, I, I, I know Harden's, you would say Harden's a franchise guy, man. But at some point, when are you going to get to the point where you have to have more versus just the one guy? Um, you know, that, that certainly is tough to play playoff basketball when one guy gets stagnated, he gets trapped. What is he going to do? You know, and so, again, we saw Golden State has won because they were the better team. The Lakers, when they won championships, won because they were the better team. The Rafters won the championship because they were the better team. The Chicago Bulls, yes, they had the best player in the league, but they also had the better team. Most times when you look at the, the NBA champions, they usually have the better teams. Now, <laughs> you know, looking at the Miami Heat and those rosters there, that that's tough. But yeah, I mean, slightly, maybe they had the better team. I don't know against like some of those San Antonio teams, San Antonio, when they won the better team, you know, so it, it's and, you know, LeBron and that Cleveland, that that miracle where they pulled it off in the seven. I, I don't even know what that one. I thought that Golden State had the better team. But, you know, hey, 
big time players make big plays in big games. So most times to win, you have the better team. And so that's one thing Houston's going to have to address. And I know that was kind of long and wind dated here, but I just think that if you're a Houston fan, you have to take a look at your roster and you might have to give up a star player to move forward. And when I look at OKC, the only thing that looks different from a year ago, I mean, really, they, they've gutted everything, but it's Chris Paul and it is Steven Adams who are the most consistent. But when you look at the young guys on the roster, they've actually played well. I mean, you look at a guy like Shea Alexander, we knew he was a stud with the Clippers, but he's really, really excelled, man. And you know, Dennis Schroeder has always played well, you know, coming out of Atlanta. So it's just really interesting to me. And, you know, Chris Paul, he, he hasn't really even put out that he wants to, to be traded. So, I mean, if you have a guy like Chris Paul and he's going to give you everything that he has because that's what he does. It's, it's really interesting because to me, if he's willing to stay, he's willing to play at this level. Now you have to ask yourself. OKC has always had a good fan base. It's a great place to play. Um, people have said nothing but good things about it. Um, and Sam Presti and stuff like that. So my question is, will they get another big star maybe at the trade deadline or something like that to come on over? You know, you do have Delinari Gallinari there or Delinari Gallinari playing as well, you know, who has been a star somewhat in his right. So if you can get a, maybe another piece to come on over there, I see this being a dangerous OKC team, believe it or not. Like, I believe that they could definitely dampen somebody's playoff run for sure. You know, but I think that they're going to have to either they're going to have to make a late free agent pickup or they might have to make something happen in the trade deadline um, in order to, to see something there as far as, you know, again, a big upset or something like that. And so lastly, we come down to the eighth and final spot, which is the Memphis Grizzlies. And when I look at the Memphis Grizzlies, I knew that they were going to be a young team. Um, certainly, I know what they have with Jay Moret at the point guard. I know what they have, you know, as far as um, another guy that I love to is um, <clears throat> play center here, Jaron Jackson Jr., because he can shoot. He can go inside. Great stuff there. Um, you know, and they have a guy like Tyrus Jones on the roster, um, you know, Jonas Valentino, who's who's been in, in big games. You look at Jay Crowder's played in some big games. Dylan Brooks out of Oregon played in some big games. Cal Anderson, UCLA, uh, Garrison Allen, um, or Grayson Allen, excuse me, you know, coming over from Utah and stuff like that. So they're, they're gritty guys that have played on some good rosters, either in college or in the pros. And quietly is kind of coming together. Um, you know, it does kind of shock me that they're able to, to get into the AC. Do I think that they're going to stay there? Not necessarily, but I, I will give Memphis some credit here uh, because I think that they made a terrific pickup in Jay Moret. I love what he's doing. And I like the fact that when you look at this roster, um, you know, the future of the roster is beautiful, is really beautiful, long haul. Right now, in the short term, though, if the playoffs were to start, I, I think the Lakers would eat them. I think the Clippers would eat them. I think the Denver would eat them. You know, um, Utah, I think they could get them. Dallas, I think, could, could get them. You know, I, I don't see anybody really that they could just 
I know it's basketball. I know anything can happen over a seven game, but I just feel like they're just way, way, way too young and inexperienced to really do anything. And right now, too, they're being chased by like San Antonio, where you have to know at some point San Antonio is going to kick it over. Um, Portland, again, they're being trailed by Portland as well. They're both 21 and, and 26 or 27, respectively. And when I look at those two clubs, I look at two clubs who are proud franchises that have been in the playoffs before and certainly will make a little noise if they get into it. And with those two rosters, I will say this, if Portland doesn't make it, I think it's time that they're either going to have to get rid of Damon Lillard or they're going to have to get rid of CJ McCollum, which to me, it may be more of a sense that probably CJ McCollum would have to go. I don't see them getting rid of Damon Lillard, especially since they re-signed him. Uh, with Coach Popovich, he can pretty much right the ship. Um, he, I believe he does have the, the ownership as far as making players come or go. Um, with that situation, I think that they're they're probably just maybe a veteran or two away from kind of getting back to where they need to go to. Um, it just may be simply a down year for them right now. Um, you know, when I look at DeRozan, you know, and I look at what they have on the roster um, at Aldridge, guys like that, they're just they're just in a situation where they're they're just they're outmanned by some of the, the the firepower that that they're going against man you look at the lakers we went over the clippers rosters and we've gone over some of these other rosters where they're just a little bit more young they have a little bit more firepower on the roster you look at the the spurs they just don't have enough man they just need to go out and get some more stuff and it's nothing wrong with like a brian forbes or uh damari carroll uh guys like that who have played in this league patty mills respectable uh, DeJounte Murray, people like that, but they need to go out there and they probably, they would need to add another star. And so, you know, you'd imagine if they were to able to somehow get a CJ McCullough or something over there, uh, maybe something that they would want to explore. I know that Popovich is not really a trade big guy at the, at the free agency or not the free agency, but at the trade deadline, stuff like that. But if they're able to maybe secure somebody like that, then they're good to go. Um, you know, I think the Spurs are really in a situation where, yeah, they're kind of eating crow a little bit because Kawhi, they didn't, they didn't really, they did get DeRozan back. So they did get a piece for him and he is under contract, but they still really haven't felt that void, you know, because Kawhi was supposed to be the next franchise guy. He was supposed to be the guy that was going to carry the legacy on from Tim Duncan. When that plan got, um, got basically scrapped because of the 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 miscommunication i would say from the franchise and mishandling him in the sense that now that we look at it and we understand how how important a player's health is you know i think if they look back 2020 hindsight they probably would have handled that a little bit better probably would have managed that player and how he felt a little bit better and made him feel more involved and maybe made it more clear that they wanted him he may still be there and we still don't know what happened behind closed doors other than the meeting of are you in or are you out which i don't know if you would say such a thing to a guy like that especially if you thought it was going to be your franchise so for them they're going to have to go out and they got to find some more star power you know once san antonio finds that star power you add it to the franchise that they have you add it to what popovich brings from a championship mindset spurs teams right back into it but I think that they just haven't really recovered from the fact that they have 
they gave away their star and it was almost like they gave away they, their star based off just being too stubborn to me. So, I mean, that's one of the things that as a Spurs fan, you have to take a look at that moving forward. And they almost kind of made the same mistake with LaMarcus Aldridge and then kind of backed out of that situation. So, I mean, those are things that you got to kind of look at from a franchise standpoint. Um, you know, other than that, you know, in the West, I really don't see anything that's really a surprise to me. Uh, the Kings, I thought they would be a lot better than that. Uh, the Suns, I thought they would be a lot better than that too as well. But, you know, when you lose Aiden down to a suspension and things like that, that kind of essentially kind of was the nail in the coffin for them um, thus far. But again, we're not there towards the end, but this is just kind of a recap and uh, just kind of going into what we see right now in the Western Conference. This is just kind of my opinion. Um, you know, again, just letting you know where we're at in this league. Who's the young guns? Who's the potential upsetters here? So, um, again, you know, I just want to go ahead and thank all our listeners out there. I want to thank Anchor, our platform, and I want to thank everybody that definitely supports us here. Um, we'll be back here for this next show as the next show we'll be addressing uh, the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about, um, you know, the keys to the Super Bowl and perhaps our prediction to who will win that game. So, without further ado, um, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. I thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time.